I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. And this is One Torn Every Minute, the podcast where we talk about giving birth. Today, I'm joined by the fantastic comedian, writer and podcaster, Katie Wilkins. Welcome, Katie, to this birthing chamber. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can we um, prod gently at the entrance to your cervix by <laughs> summarising how many times you have given birth? Twice. Twice. That seems to be the norm, really. I've, I've had five, I've had one, Ooh. I've had one and a half, which was a good one. Oh, wow. Um, but twice seems to be, you know, that's standard. Um, in which case, I would now like you to choose your favourite child. Um, <laughs> and I don't quite mean it that badly, but if you had to choose one of the births, because we focus on one, yeah, which is the one that yields the grimmest details well you the thing is it's apples and oranges it's very difficult to decide <laughs> which one they are they both, both shite yes they were um and the thing is some of the things that happened with the first one influenced decisions that i made about the second one okay um, so they kind of the first one started worse and ended well and the first one started okay and then ended worse all right. Well, let's do it. Let's do a new thing. Let's start with the first one, but we will, and and then kind of dip in where relevant to the second. Yeah, I'll try and I'll try and whiz through. I'll just give you the trauma highlights, um, <laughs> and not like the boring bits where like I was allowed to drink some coconut water or whatever. <laughs> coconut water is always good, but you know, like blood and gore. Yeah, yeah, that's what the people want. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm taking you back to what year is this? Your first so, birth. My first baby was born in February 2015. Right. Um, and uh, was it a nice pregnancy? Did you enjoy it? You know what? Yes. Actually. Mm. I mean, especially compared to the second one. But also, <laughs> it, it was just, it was fine. Um, I felt sick, but I wasn't ever sick. Mm -hmm. I was like you know, veering dangerously towards smug. Not really, because it was uncomfortable as well, and especially towards the end. But I, I feel like I was one of the luckier ones for a, a pretty smooth pregnancy for that one. I think that is, again, quite a normal thing because, you know, you don't have another child to look after. You yes. might have kind of thought, oh, my God, what's it like? And then it just feels quite normal. I also think sickness, particularly if you're not sick, is quite helpful yeah. because it makes you feel pregnant. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's affected me. It is happening. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, and how pregnant did you get to before it all kicked off? So she was like one week late and I was going to be induced the next morning because I was in I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this whole 
let's see what happens. Let nature take its course. I'd already, I had in my birth plan, I wanted the epidural. <laughs> nice. I, you know, I'm not, I know who I am. I don't like pain. Let's just. <laughs> who, um, who puts on their birth plan? I love pain. Give me the pain. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not trying to impress everyone. I'm not an earth mother. I'm not, you know. You do you. I think I'm going to be the one that needs the epidural. You Did know. you do any kind of uh, any preparation before the birth? You know, like to uh, to make it better. Like I don't I know, hit no birthing or the tr- I like we did the classes and stuff. But the the trouble is with my little. I'm a uh, you know I think I'm such a great scientist hat on. Mm-hmm. I was very skeptical about the ability of you know thinking thoughts being able to you know erase pain on that level and I I always use this analogy like if you're having a tooth out you would have an aesthetic what why are we expecting in this day and age mm-hmm. um but actually for my second by the time I did my second birth I did do a little bit of hypnobirthing and I not that I was less skeptical about the science part but I actually were you just desperate by then well I sort of I I'd sort of changed I, I feel like basically I got new information about how the, how the science part works and I was sort of trying to be more friends with my body by that point. Um, <laughs> but I can, but we can get to that bit because it sort yeah. of it helped, but then also it kind of didn't. But anyway. So you did kind of bare minimum first time round and thought yes. you'd rely on drugs. Yes, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like, oh, let's see how it goes. But definitely want that one in my back pocket. I'm not getting in a birthing pool if it means I can't have an epidural. Let's just cut to the chase, you know. Yeah. So you're gunning for an epidural. Yes. Yes. This is sensible. <laughs> um, so you were, did you say you were one week overdue? Yes. And then you were due to go in to be induced the following day? Yes. Okay. And and I had a couple of sweeps and stuff. Um, and then basically I went... You're glossing I... over that, but having a couple of sweeps ain't no walk in the park, can I just say? I mean, it's not, but it's also genuinely one of the least worst things that I feel in the spectrum of giving birth. It's just a woman fingering you. <laughs> it's, like... it's, it's positively <laughs> arousing. It's um, definitely weird. I think, I, I'm, I think I'm quite wet about the, you know, all the exams and stuff because I found them intensely awful. But okay, no. you're hardcore. You had a couple no, of sweeps I mean, and you just didn't I'm, care. I mean, well, I just... I, I, I want an I, epidural for the sweep, basically. <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Um, maybe I just had nice people doing them. Um, but <laughs> I love that. that made, she gives a really good sweep, that midwife. She's, a, she's, oh, she's, she's great. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so had you had the sweeps in the week where you were overdue? Yes. Right, um, okay. I'm pretty impatient. Um, yeah. And so it turned out that I went into late. Well, I, I started having contractions at about midnight uh, the day before or mm-hmm. we, that I would have had to go in. And I was like, oh, this this is it then. Um, my husband was sort of trying to sleep and stuff. So I, uh, I after they maybe they they ramped up a little bit, maybe. And I I rang the hospital and I said, oh, you know, I'm having contractions and this mean, the meanest nurse I think I've ever met in my life answered the phone. And, and I said, you know, they're getting quite painful. So I'm just checking. Is it all right? Shall I come in? And she went, well, it will be painful. Childbirth is very painful. Of course it is. 
um, and she'd take two paracetamol, you know, don't come in. So I took two paracetamol, I, you know, time passes. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're definitely more painful now and they're close together. I was thinking probably I should come in. And she went, no, have a bath. You don't need to come in. Um, so I had the bath. And then while I'm, well, I had to keep getting out of the bath to be sick and have diarrhea. Nice. Um, to be oh, sick. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So it turns out I have... Apparently, my whole family does, but they don't tell you this. <laughs> well, anyway, we have quite fast births, apparently. Um, and one of the, although that sounds in theory like it's a good thing, no, you don't have a, five a big day labor. fast birth is not always good, is it? Yeah. So the hormones involved with that does make some people sick because um, it's ramping up so quickly. Yes, it's very fast, apparently. So I was basically being sick on every contraction. <sighs> Um, or every wow. time a big new, big new, like there'd be a big contraction and then that would set the level and then every contraction would be that big from that point onwards. So yeah. every new big one I'd be sick on and then some of the in-between ones as well. And Well, this is fun. <laughs> I mean, it's you're just... getting started in style here. <laughs> I know, and honestly, because of all the diarrhoea, I was like, well, at least I probably won't shit myself now. Because <laughs> that's already done. Because <laughs> it's empty, right? <laughs> when you said you're impatient, you've got that out of the way. <laughs> it's like, my body was like, I'm just trying to make you happy. <laughs> um, so then I, and also by this point, because I, I was like, oh, the, the bath is sort of doing something, I guess. And then I kind of, I hit this level of pain where I was like, yeah, I'm just on countdown to the epidural now. I'm already yeah. we're at home. I can't like I'm just I was like absolutely fixated on getting this. I was like, no, I can't. It's already at a point and it's gonna get worse than this. And I'm already yeah, I'm on countdown to the epidural. So I ran yeah. and also the contractions were like two to three. They were maybe three, some some of them were two minutes apart, but most of them were three or four minutes apart by this point. Mm -hmm. And I knew that you're supposed to go in if you either your water spray is supposed to go in because you've got 24 hours before you get infected. If your contractions are three minutes apart, you're supposed to go in or something, or if you're well, if you're four centimetres, you're supposed to go in, but I don't know how you'd know. They're all so complicated, these yeah. rules. And it, I, I just, you know, there's bullshittery involved because I, I think I started a minute apart and then I didn't really oh, change. Wow. Like, it, it it didn't change. I was Gosh. a minute apart for hours before oh I went in. And, and and then it just became one contraction that never stopped. Yes. Oh, my God. I, so I had something similar. Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, no. Well, I'm just going to say that that, I think... That rule, I guess, I understand why they make that rule, but it yeah. just doesn't seem to apply in very many situations. No, it's kind of a very broad average that yes. loads of people are not under. Yes, and it sounds uh, like you definitely were not under this. No, so I rang, I speak to this bitch for the third time. Um, why hasn't she gone off shift? <laughs> I don't know, and she was so mean, and I said, look, I'm being sick. I'm three minutes apart contractions. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to come in now. And she went, well, you can come in if you like, but we'll probably be sending you home. Um, <gasps> it's like maybe five in the morning now. So we call a taxi. We don't mention that I'm pregnant. I'm just yeah, I'm like, foreseeing a problem here. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm literally carrying this little bag for life to be sick into. So I was thinking, you know, I probably can't shit in his cab and I'm ready with my bag you know, to be sick into. So really... How are you going to hide the fact that you're in labour? It's, it's hard to do. <laughs> it's really hard. I know other people have talked about trying to do this, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's difficult. It was, a, it was a bit ask no questions, 
you know, nothing, you know, he didn't, Yeah. he might have thought, oh, I'll just let these poor people come in or he might have just not cared or he might have not noticed. But I actually wasn't sick in his cab. I had my bag ready, but I wasn't sick. Well done. <laughs> I'm a real champ. <laughs> and I respect taxi drivers too much. Um, and then we arrived. Also, I couldn't walk while I was having a contraction. No. So I could only kind of hobble a few. So it took me like quite a while to get even into the hospital because I had to kind of like stop to be sick and have a contraction into my little bag. Then I could walk a bit more. We finally got to the ward. This woman is on duty. My God, um, she's everywhere. She just was everywhere. And she said, well, I mean, well, first they made me wait before she'd, they, they, she'd see me. And then she, did, she, did, she said, I mean, I'm going to check how dilated you are. But frankly, I think we're going to be sending you home. So that, And I'm literally, by this point, they give me the kidney dish to be sick into. But I'm being sick all the I mean, I must have been getting dehydrated and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so she put me in the examinating and she stuck her fingers up me and checked how dilated I was. And she said to me, you're three and a half centimetres dilated. Really, you should be four, but I'm going to be nice to you and let you stay. Oh, wow. <laughs> she must have been having a good day. And I was like, and, and a part of me, obviously I couldn't speak because I was like an animal, but I, part of me wanted to be like, you're seriously going to send this home? Like, I can't walk. Also, and three and a half is sick. really good because most people, when they think they're at that stage, they go in and they're told that they're one centimetre dilated. Yeah. So... You've done really well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so then they eventually, I got the room and um, I was just also, then I had the thing that you've described where the contractions, because obviously we get told that your contractions are 30 seconds long mm -hmm. and then you've got maybe like a minute or two minutes and then you've got another 30 seconds. So it's only 30 seconds to get through and then it's fine. Whereas I, I had just by this point at like constant pain with sometimes a bit of extra pain for the contractions, but yeah. never no pain. Yeah. And the actual contraction itself would be 90 seconds. And then there'd be like a minute of still terrible pain. And then there'd be another 90 seconds, you know, so exactly just, the same. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just such terrible pain. And all that, if ever I managed to speak, I'd be like, I want the epidural. I want the epidural. So then finally about seven, half seven, I got the epidural in the morning. So is it, you have to be a certain amount dilated to get the, get the epidural, but not too much? Yes. It's a strange chemistry, isn't it, that they're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think as soon as you're like four centimetres, you can have an epidural. So you don't yeah. have to wait long. And I think they were quite, they because, you know, my fear was they'd be like, no, you don't need it. Or, you know, and <laughs> yeah, like, you can take it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, so I was like really so adamant. I was like, said to Rich, your job is to get me the epidural. That's all like, that is your one job. It's all the one job. Yeah. Because um, I was like, because I was like, he's not going to advocate for me because he trusts professionals too much. He'll just say, no, they're right. But I'm right. I need the epidural. <laughs> um, <laughs> And um, it was and it was genuinely a case of we have to wait. She's coming, but we have to wait for the anaesthetists. Um, yeah. So they weren't fobbing me off. And so lucky, I think. And then they came and they did it. And I immediately became a human again. And literally one of the midwives even joked and said, nice to meet you. Because I'd just been this animal. Like we hadn't even really met, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was that good. I mean, I have heard several women say the exact same thing. Hmm. And my memory of it was that <laughs> it got a bit better. 
That oh, was it. Wow. And I don't know whether they, you know, maybe I, I don't react well to epidurals. Maybe they gave me a very low dose. But but I'm ah. so jealous <laughs> that you got this moment. It's, yeah, yeah, it's very impressive that epidurals work like that for some people. That is interesting. So you just have and no pain? No, I just, um, no, it very quickly went to work and I could, I could still feel my legs, but like, event, you know, it'd be like sort of pins and needles and I'd be trying to move and stuff. Um, and then, and, and honestly, from that point onwards, it was it, idyllic, even like, it, well, it was a bit more dicey when the baby was actually coming, but it was like, we had this room to ourselves. I was like, probably slightly high. I started trying to crack <laughs> wise to everybody. Did um, you have a playlist? No, we didn't do any of the, like any of that stuff. Um, I, I think if I'd seen that, I feel like I'm, not that you have to be a hippie to want a playlist, but I feel like I'm definitely a bit more like that now. Yeah. And sort of a bit more in touch with all that kind of thing. But at that point, like, we were like, you know, let's not kid ourselves. That's not going to calm me down at this point. <laughs> but it um, sounds like you were in such a good mood at that point. You know, it would have been the time. Yeah. So it was great. Like, Rich, my husband wrote a blog. He had his computer. <laughs> like, we what, had, you what know. was the blog about? Was it about childbirth I know because he had to sort of sit on that one he he wrote whatever he'd done the day before I think the day before oh we'd done I think maybe we oh I can't remember what we'd done we wrote what we'd done the day before <laughs> it just <laughs> seems funny whether it would be infused with a slight sense of panic the writing yeah yeah exactly um deceptive but um so no then it was just awesome and it didn't slow because we have it probably would have had her even faster but because quite fast hormones anyway it didn't slow anything down Mm -hmm. and she was born at um two o'clock I think maybe five past two at one o'clock I had to start pushing and I couldn't really feel anything obviously and although I knew like I started because you can press this button to top yourself up but you can only press it every 15 minutes yeah and I'd been trying to sort of stop pressing it in the kind of lead up so that I could feel it a bit more to push and then I could feel it a bit too much. So I was like desperately pressing the button. Like, oh, damn, I've left So it they don't late. tail it off completely for the the actual coming out? Mm, no, they. I think it was recommended that I like eased up a little bit if I, you know, because it would be helpful to feel it a bit. Um, but yeah. it was sort of my choice, I think. And obviously there's the 15 minute limit. Um, yeah, you had a much better epidural than me. This is. Uh, I yeah, I'm sorry. This yeah. is galling. Oh um, God! Don't worry, my second birth makes up for it. Okay, good. Um, so, so she came out, and it was you know. Well, so she there was a dicey moment where someone. This is why I don't think sweeps are that bad. Someone had to stick their hand up me to turn her head around. <sighs> wow. Because her head was around the wrong way, and afraid is no one could really work out what they were feeling when because loads of people would sort of go oh, I don't know what that is and it turned out it was her ear and her head hadn't turned around properly right um so she'd and also so she'd obviously been really uncomfortable for ages so when she finally came out her head was out she was crying as she came out of the birth canal mm. so there was kind of like you know like when a car's going past and it's kind of like so like oh. there was this point where her body was still in me her head was out and she was screaming and crying oh poor little um, thing and then the yanks I know. So she'd obviously been so uncomfortable. So they yanked the rest of her out, and she like she was fine. And she, well, she had a she had a slightly funny shaped head, which we've had to keep an eye on, but it's been fine. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not surprised she had a funny shaped head after all of that. <laughs> and I think they did use a cup actually. And she had to, we had a doctor um, who cut me. So it was, a, it was a second degree cut, but it was only six stitches because she did it in a straight line. Ah, that's nothing. Yeah. Child's play. Yeah. Um, and again, this will contrast with the second story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like just genuinely magical. We got like, like obviously sort of horrendous. You've had a baby and it's crazy. But, um, you know, I was calm. It was really calm with the epidural and my family had come and we, we no one needed the room. So we were able to stay in this room for ages and you know people were helping us and we had food and it was genuinely I would apart from the mean woman at the beginning I would yeah. call it a positive experience yeah this is really nice because a lot of the time I've had people who say you know it wasn't the euphoric moment that I was expecting it was all chaotic right. and messy yeah. and I kind of look back and wish I'd had that it sounds like you had a really kind of lovely moment the Del yeah. Boy in Only Fools and Horses kind of moment yeah. which is really nice it was I mean it's still like it felt kind of chaotic but it just felt I'm sure maybe it was the drugs but it felt <laughs> calm and it felt like there was no moment of euphoria as such there was like this moment where they put her on me and I couldn't move because they were sewing me up yeah so I couldn't adjust her to try and get her on my boob and so she was crying really angry and like I was I was crying because I wanted to stop her you know I was crying because I wanted to stop her crying and it was like this slightly weird, like, not not even upsetting. It was more just a physical reaction of crying. Um, yeah. But, it, but even that, it didn't feel horrendous. It was just like, well, obviously I'm crying. She's crying. You know, I felt like able to deal with that. And again, probably the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good, these drugs. And particularly it, for you. They seem to was, have worked yeah, like a God, charm. So I feel like I'm just rubbing it in your face now. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jack Beaumont. I do Crime Club. In Series 1, I spoke to people like this. Did you not kick a policeman in the head? Yeah, that was... When was that? I was 17. Wait, was I 17 or 19? I think it might have been 19, actually. In Series 2, I talked to people like this. There was a paedophile with one leg. I kicked him clean out his wheelchair. About four of us... I mean, we battered him. And this. Cheated on your boyfriend to give him gonorrhea? Do you want to go there or would you rather not? Yeah, no, 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 I could talk about it. I have jingles like this. That's Crime Club, where strange people tell stories involving bad behaviour. New episodes out every Monday. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back to the bad. So how does this compare with the second birth, which you said started more easily but then... Went yeah. to shit. The last six weeks of my second pregnancy kicked the shit out of me. Um, so I developed this um, like piriformis kind of thigh and bum pain, mm. and I couldn't really like I could only limp. It was so painful. Um, and is that so a could, regular pregnancy thing? That I don't. It's definitely was caused by whatever ligaments are loosening up or. Mm. It's definitely pregnancy related, but I still have it. Like, it's so much better now. Obviously, I can walk and run and stuff. But I still have to do exercises to try and train the muscles again. Just some, I don't know, I don't know quite why, but it was really, really painful. Yeah. And we weren't, because everything, it was just a very stressful, crazy time. So, and also, because we were going to the hospital that we'd started at, it was further away from our new house, but I wanted to have some kind of continuity. Yeah. But you want to go be... back where you know. Exactly. Yeah. But it would be an hour's drive from where we'd moved to. Mm. Um, and because I, the whole fast pregnancy thing, and also because they'd had to stick their hand up me to turn her head around. And I, I was really paranoid that I'd have a really fast, even faster birth. You know, I had an auntie that had a baby in half an hour. Jesus Christ. Um, I know. And they say that the first birth, the second birth is faster than the yeah. first one. So I was, I was worried that this would happen to the second baby and it would be too fast or somebody wouldn't spot it and they, they wouldn't be able to turn their head around. And I was really worried about that. And I, so I really wanted to have an elective C-section um, to try and combat, to get me, so that I wasn't like having a baby in a car that took an hour, you know. Yeah. Um, and the, I we'd because we're in Edinburgh, we'd missed the appointment where well, didn't, we missed the appointment where I would have said I want a C-section, please. So by the time I was back saying, hey, I'd like a C-section, they were like, oh no, I don't think so. So I kept having all these meetings with this midwife who was lovely, but basically tried to talk me out of having a C-section. Um, and essentially succeeded because she basically had all the cards. Yeah, she um, knew all the stuff. Yeah, and she said that my body had done it once and my body knew what to do and it wouldn't hurt as much this time. And huh. that if I was worried about the not knowing when I was going to go into labour, what they could do instead would be to induce me. So I had this appointment to be induced um, on like roughly when the due date was. Um, so we did that. And also I'd, I'd done a couple of hypnobirthing uh, classes to sort of try and be... Also, the information that I didn't have for the first one was that... So you'd, obviously it hurts. And I, like I'd read all these things about... Like the classes that we did for the first one were all like, yeah, so like the oxytocin, that's what makes you happy. So like just try and relax and stuff. Whereas this hypnobirthing thing sent me videos, sent me links to YouTube videos where it said that if you're stressed your body releases adrenaline and then the adrenaline is fighting the um oxytocin and that's what makes it that's what makes it hurt because your uterus is contracting it's trying to do its job but it's like being fought off by the adrenaline so by the, the more fight or flight are, response yeah so that's what makes the muscle hurt so much so what um, they're saying is if only you were, were really relaxed it wouldn't hurt 
I mean, yeah, it's basically still the same information. But for some reason, I was like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. I don't know why it, this is suddenly like some great thing. So this woman talked me into it and we went to be induced um, on this ward that wasn't a labor ward and it wasn't even anything really to do with babies. It was like this random ward on a much higher floor where people were there for different reasons. Like somebody was there for a skin reason. There were a few other pregnant like issue people. Um, so it was kind of birth adjacent, but it wasn't strictly anything to do with labor. And um, they did the, the pessary thing. And okay. then right when they changed shift at 8 p.m., Somebody did another sweep and I, that, so it's, that's when my labour properly kicked off. And it's also when the ward turned into a ghost town. Um, so they'd done this check of how dilated I was. And I was like maybe two centimetres. Um, and then they, every now and then a woman would come and do the, you know, where they monitor the heartbeat, the heartbeat on your stomach. Yeah. And at one point, this woman came. Oh, and the other reason that I wanted to have a C-section that I'd seen this midwife about, I said, look, I get sick in my pregnancies. With the contractions. Um, yeah, and that's terrible. You know, I can't have that again, blah, blah, blah. So she was like, right, we're going to make a birth plan for you. We're going to put in the notes that you need an anti-sickness injection. Because for the first one, they put me on a drip because I'd lost all that thing. And they gave me an anti-sickness injection as well, I think. Or maybe the... Maybe the epidural actually stopped. Anyway, so I was like very worried about that. So she was like, right, I'm going to put, we'll put a copy of your birth plan behind the midwife's desk. And so all you have to do is say, check my notes. They're right there. I need an injection, please, for my sickness. Um, and that was the only thing I was like glad that we'd done because everything else went. So basically, the this woman, this nurse checked my... This, you know, the scan where they do the heartbeat. And she was like, oh, this is so weird. It looks like you're having contractions two and a half minutes apart, but you can't be. You look fine. You're talking to me. And I had been having these contractions ramp up, but because I've been trying to do this like vaguely hypnobirthing thing, I was sort of like lying on my side, kind of like saying to myself in my own head, um, like, oh, what? I was saying like, thank you, body. Good job. Like every time I had a contraction. <laughs> trying to like welcome it rather than fight it oh my god and it hang on i'm a bit confused by this and it was working well see now i do, i cannot attest to how much it was or wasn't working or whether it like this midwife that robbed me of my c-section was right and she and you know my body did know what to do this time um or you know i was just somehow producing less adrenaline um I I think it was just a much less worse birth. I think it, I think it was a just a complete. It was such a completely different experience. The, the first one was so painful, and I was sick so much straight away. Yeah. Whereas this one really did feel a lot more like the contractions were what I'd been told. They were thirty seconds. Yeah. They were too, you know because I'm unwilling to believe that hypnobirthing is that powerful no, and, and also the thing is I didn't even do the course properly it was this lovely person that said hey do you want to do it I'll give it to you for free if you you know write something about it or you know what, what this like I can't remember what it was because she wasn't based 
where I live, but she sent me the online links and stuff. So I didn't even do all of it, but I watched the videos and I did some of it. And it wasn't even like I was hypnotized. I was just trying to be kind. I was just trying to make a, a, you know, a bit of effort to accept it yeah and just be like this is a this pain is a good I'm not scared of this pain like good job buddy you know like oh my god which, <laughs> which you know I I can hear I hear it it sounds ridiculous <laughs> but it's working um, so you know I'm kind of well I'm torn um yeah. <laughs> I mean but so obviously the pain does ramp up and it's an absolute ghost town and I said it's been four hours since anyone has checked me um, and I, by the way, I wanted an epidural. It's in my notes. You can see it's in my notes. And um, so I'm going to, you know, you need to check I'm dilated because as soon as I'm four centimetres, I'm allowed to go and have an epidural. So let's do that. And she was like, well, I'm not going to, uh, I don't know. No, it's all right. I don't need to check how far dilated you are. Um, and then once I was also, the terrible thing about this ward that I was on with these, like, three other people in these beds is that it was kind of like the ghost of Christmas future and the ghost of Christmas past so there'd be like like another woman in labor or you know some terrible pain in the bed next door and you could hear it getting worse and worse and worse and like all like her mom or her husband were kind of playing it down and going you're fine don't worry and I'd be thinking why aren't they helping this woman that sounds terrible and then they'd eventually cart her off and I'd just be like oh my god that you know they're going to ignore me when I'm in my hour of need so I'm really going to need this epidural um, and they were like, well, we can't take you down now because there's no, there's no beds. Uh, there's no space for you down there. Um, and then like, it was like maybe six hours or eight hours. And I was like, nobody has checked my cervix. They are so fobbing you off. They're absolutely fobbing me off. I was like, I really could be dilated now. I, you know, somebody should check my cervix. And this midwife completely admitted to me. She said like, cause there was no one around every time we needed anything, we'd have to like look for about half an hour. There was no one on the desk. Um, And she said, I can't check you because if you are dilated, a midwife has to stay with you and take you down there. And I can't afford to lose another midwife because we're too short staffed as it is. (gasps) So I'm not going to check how dilated you are. Um, And I was just like, oh, my God. That's fucking terrifying. It's it was so chilling and terrifying. And then so we're getting further along and I'm going, Rich, it's actually quite uncomfortable now. I'm trying to be friends with my body, but I think it's closer. than You are falling out with your body. Yeah, I'm pulling it for all I'm like, yeah. And then um, I, so then I was sick into my bag for life that I brought just in case. And then I said, Rich, find somebody. I'm like, it's in my notes. I, they'll have to take me seriously now. I've been sick. Go and tell them I've been sick. So he t- it took him ages to track someone down because there's no one on the desk. He looked everywhere. He brought, he said, look, so this midwife came back. And said, so what, there's something in your notes, is there? Because no one believes a word you say. And I was like, yes, go and check my notes. So she went and checked my notes and she said, okay, it says I can give you, um, you can have an injection to stop you being sick again. Um, But a doctor has to do it and we don't have any doctors. Oh, my God. (laughs) So then we had to wait another half an hour for a doctor. But like the sickness wasn't like the the first pregnancy. I was sick so much. This one, I was sick maybe once or twice. And then they gave me this injection in my butt and then it was okay. Um, and then it was just, everything was getting worse and worse and worse. And I think what must have happened, because I was, I was became the woman that I just overheard going, no, you're not listening. I'm serious. It's coming. The baby's coming. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think my waters broke and because the waters hadn't broken until right at the end of my first labor I think they'd even had to maybe burst them 
That is quite um, unusual. Yeah, so I was shocked that because I was like, well, if my waters are broken, I must be about to give birth because that was the last thing that happened. And I was literally like, you know, just the ignominy of like, you know, shouting, it feels like I need to poo in front of, you know, everybody. And they're like, oh, that might mean the baby's coming. So then suddenly some people appeared because I was like screaming and shouting and it really obviously looked like there was a baby coming. Um, and then they were like, oh, yeah, um, you know, like removing my sodden leggings and stuff. And and again, I'm an animal by this point. And like, they go, yeah, yeah, look, look, the baby's coming. We're going to take you down. And I said to this midwife that was like holding my hand, I said, um, I, I'm going to get the epidural now, right? And I just remember like she, she turned to me and she said, sweetheart, we're going to try. <laughs> Which meant no. The lie, the lie. <laughs> You missed the window. (laughs) Oh, man. And then so but then it was and also it was so fast, like I literally was crowning. So they rushing me in this bed um, and on the, you know, all like God knows. Luckily, it was nighttime. There weren't that many people around, but I was all on display. Got me in this. Well, they tried to put me. They they took me to the lift and they were so short staffed that this midwife that had taken me to the lift wasn't allowed to be on her own with me in the lift. Um, for whatever protocol they have. So she was she was screaming, I need another midwife to get in this lift. I'm not allowed to do this. Another midwife needs to get in here now. We have to take her down now. So like someone else comes from somewhere, they get me, they would get in the lift. We go into this corridor in some birthing part of the hospital. And I honestly, I thought I was having the baby in a corridor. And then I think, then I was like, I think maybe we were in, it felt like a cupboard. I swear to God, there was a mop and a deflated birthing ball in this room. And they were like, okay, like suddenly there's four people in front of me or three, whatever. Suddenly there's people anyway. And they go, Katie, um, if do you want to meet your baby? You just have to push. And like within like what I'm assuming is three minutes, the baby was there. Like I pushed, there was maybe a few pushes of contractions and, and then they were like, stop pushing, stop pushing. So this time I ripped. Um, and even though it was only a first degree one, I had a million stitches to, mm. cause it was all zigzaggy all over the place. And then, oh, well, I did get gas and air though. I did oh, get gas well, and air Oh, well, that's a relief, time. isn't it? <laughs> I think, yeah. When did, at what point did that arrive? It must've been when we got to the cupboard. So yeah. you're essentially in a cleaning cupboard with many yes. people, uh, but they still managed to give you gas and air, which is, I guess, yeah, I an think achievement. It was, on, it was on this little, you know, the wheels. That it sort of came with me down the corridor. It joined up with me at some point. Um, and I'd never really got anything from the gas and air the first time, um, but I just tried to get off my tits on it on, uh, on this time. Because you weren't and, getting anything else. Yeah, and then it was just, it was over so quickly and then everybody disappeared and they left me with this one woman whose job it was to sew me up and observe me for an hour in this cupboard. Um, or was it even two hours? But basically, so she's, but then obviously this adrenaline or whatever it was, I was like, you know, like my teeth were chattering. I was like shaking yeah. and it was like the come down of the birth. So she's trying to sew me up and going, can you stop shaking, please? It's wobbling. It's not going to be very good, is it? If, if you know, it's not going to help me sew you up nicely. So I was like, really, I remember thinking in my head, I've got to just give her loads of compliments so she does a good job. <laughs> what, because really if she didn't important. like you, she'd botch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as if you're shaking for shits and giggles as well. <laughs> I know, like I'm not doing, like I probably look like a, oh God, I don't know. But anyway, so she did it. And then she, we were supposed to be in this 
cupboard for like two hours or something for observation, but they needed it for somebody else. They needed the cupboard. The cupboard yeah. is important. They needed it back. So All their got... best medical stuff happens in the cupboard. <laughs> it really does. I mean, I think it might have been a room that doesn't get used very often or it's half something else. But I swear I wouldn't be surprised. I spent quite a bit of my labour in a photocopying room. So oh my God. I think it's definitely possible that it was just a cleaning cupboard. <laughs> yes, right. Okay. I feel like that backs this up. Yeah. Um, and then so instead of observing us for two hours, they put us um, back on a back upstairs where we'd come, but on the ward next door where, and I think it was like three in the morning by this point. So everyone's still trying to be asleep and... They're not labor. They're not baby people. No. Or maybe like one or two of them are, but others are just like in. You know, they've got kidney st- whatever the fuck they've got wrong with them. They're trying to sleep. I'm there with like a baby that's crying and stuff, and like literally the other people in this ward are going, "Shh, can you stop that, please?" And I swear <laughs> to God, that was what broke me because I feel like I'd I'd done this natural labor with no epidural that I didn't think I could ever do, and I'd actually done it, and I was like sort of really weirdly really proud of myself because it was something I didn't think that I'd be able to do and I was like I should be being held aloft on people's shoulders while they shout my name in the streets I can't (laughs) believe I did that and instead I've been dumped here on a ward where people are shouting at me to be quiet you were getting shushed because yeah because my 20 minute old baby is crying you know and I just like that genuinely damaged me I think I just it was so demoralizing and upsetting i know and there's nothing there's no sort of nobody can sew you up after that kind of damage that is not what you need after that achievement yeah um so it's just this just absolutely horrific downer to what should have been this magnificent achievement (laughs) and and then they like they were so so we didn't sleep and then like they were they were really backed up with pay so we couldn't even go home that we were like we want to go home there was no no family came to visit us in the hospital we were like let's get the fuck why are they no one's going to come to see everyone shouting at us in this ward let's go home um but they couldn't send us home until they'd done our paperwork and it took them i don't know 12 hours to get the paperwork done they were oh, so God, backed yes. up so at eight in the morning when this the shift new staff came on this woman the head midwife for the day shift came, you know, was I heard her going around every single bed apologizing to everyone um, and saying, look, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry you've been left on your own. We've, we're backed up. Um, we've had just a crazy, you know, I've had three midwives crying. Um, it was absolutely crazy last night. Everything was, you know, very, we're understaffed and we're overworked and we're very sorry, but please bear with us. And, and you know, it's absolutely nobody's fault that worked there. They, they all did what they could um, it, but it made me so angry with what's being done to the NHS. I agree. Um, and I mean, obviously, all of us are passionately grateful to the point of tears for ooh. what they do, but they can't do it if they're not paid and they don't have the money and the resources. Yeah, and that absolutely. is that is the result of what happens. It's people yeah. giving birth in cupboards with no yeah. one to help. And, and 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 I still consider that lucky. You know, at least they help, you know, I, you know, if I'd had a more difficult time and and I was neglected it could have been a much worse story um and I you know he's healthy um I do I do feel like I was lucky you know for 
for a terrible, oh no, the poor NHS story, that's still actually sort of an okay outcome. <laughs> yeah, because they were they br- were brilliant at working with what they had. I mean, at the very least, they should bloody well name that cupboard after you, put up a <laughs> fucking plaque. <laughs> they should. <God> damn <laughs> the it. Katie they, cupboard. <laughs> they owe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said um, apparently it was a full moon that night as well and apparently loads of women have their babies on a full moon shut up I d- honestly this is what somebody said and also because mm-hmm. this hospital was oversubscribed so there were pregnant women labouring women turning up at the hospital being turned away and being told to go to another hospital because it was a full moon yeah well, it because they with werewolves I genuinely I don't know what the reasoning is behind it but apparently every time there's a full moon, loads of women have their babies. I love that fact. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally getting on Google after this to find out if there's any scientific basis for it. <laughs> Honestly, you said at the beginning, you know, you like your science hat on and now you're telling me shit about full I know, moons. Like, what a transformation. <laughs> like, That's what having a baby does for you. Yeah. It messes with your mind. <laughs> so looking back on those... Uh, two sort of different and yet similar births. Mm. Um, is there any kind of advice that you would give to yourself? Um, I don't, you know, I, I've listened to this podcast and I know you asked this question and I've been really <laughs> you know trying to, <laughs> I knew it was coming. And I really tried to, I think, I, I, I don't think there's anything that I could have done differently unless I knew the future. Um, so, like, it's no point saying to myself, hey, just get induced on a different day or something. Like, you know, maybe it won't be as busy. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not advice. Choose um, a quiet time to give birth. <laughs> yeah, don't do it on a full moon. Like, so <laughs> That's just... possibly the best piece of advice I've ever heard. <laughs> Because those, you know, people schedule their pregnancies so that they give birth in September because statistically yeah. kids are more likely to be successful if they were born in September. I mean, yeah. you could just schedule it so that it definitely won't be born at a full moon. Yeah. If you can manage to pull that off. Yeah. I think that's a really sound piece of advice. <laughs> but I would, I would, I don't, yeah, I think, I don't know, trust Trust what, like, I'm glad that I trusted my instincts to want the epidural on the first one Mm. um, because I would not have been able to go through that pain. You know, it would have been such a different experience. And I think, I think as well, what's, what's really tricky is when you're pregnant, everybody loves to tell you what they thought or what you, what they did or what you, like, I remember, um, and I just think you you should only listen to the bits that you like I don't know because <laughs> I, I remember like when I was pregnant with my first baby I'd, I'd you know like a witty little Facebook update where I'd I'd say something like oh just just writing my birth plan I'm gonna pick the one that only lasts 10 seconds and doesn't hurt you know like just <laughs> such a witty original little thought that I'd share with Facebook and I'd get like 20 comments from like people oh, it's gonna going, take more than 10 seconds yeah that and, but <laughs> But, but also 
also like people going, oh no, like you should have a water birth. Here's what I did. And then like, and even men going, my wife did this. And like, and then I'd get people messaging me going, I saw, like, I didn't want to add to all the comments on your thing, but like, look, ignore that person that said this. It's rubbish. Here's what you should do. And like, so just would, every time I'd say anything, I would just get bombarded. And I just think it might, like, you get so bombarded. So I just think trust Trust what trust what you think. Don't be a hero. Get the drugs. Don't be a hero. Well, as as you well know, what I'm going to do with all these pieces of advice is I'm going to sew them into a beautiful patchwork <laughs> quilt of tips and words of encouragement that you might write on a kitchen wall, and then I'm going to let my dog lie on it until it's just a mess of <laughs> fur and mud and other dubious substances. Because you're quite right. There's no advice in this show. There are only stories. <laughs> Thank you, Katie, for being such a brilliant guest and allowing us such a frank look up your flu. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Thank you for listening to One Dawn Every Minute. Maybe go and take a pill and have a lie down. Till next time. My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G-spot. <laughs> the good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle gun scope. I bought that quite a lot of times, I think. Right, OK. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of great apps up now and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. 